Grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Well, first I'd like to say a word of thanks to Pastor Brad for uh, giving me this wonderful opportunity uh, to preach. It's always such a joy to proclaim God's word to God's people and such a special privilege to do it at a service like this, on, a, on an occasion like this. By the way, Pastor Brad, I checked my uh, schedule this morning and I could be available on Christmas Eve, if you would like. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of my other favorite times used to be to preach, just the big ones, that's right. <laughs> well, this is our 18th patriotic praise service. Fifteen of them have taken place right here in the Harvey Kern Pavilion. Last year we were at the Memorial Park, the shop lots, because of, of COVID. Uh, the second patriotic praise service also took place at Memorial Park. Harvey Kern Pavilion had not been uh, constructed yet. And the first one was supposed to happen at uh, Memorial Park, but we had a little bit of rain the night before and the hill was pretty slippery. So we decided we should go into the church. How many of you were here for the very first patriotic praise at this service? All right, quite a few, but not as many hands went up as I, as I might have expected. That was 2004. That also was on a Sunday morning. The last time that the 4th of July happened on a Sunday was actually 11 years ago now, in 2010. We had some, some leap years in there that, uh, that stretched that time out. But 2004, 4th of July was going to fall on a Sunday. In our pastoral team meeting, we had been uh, talking about, um, was there some, something that we could consider doing anyway, special, since the, the 4th of July was going to be on a Sunday that year? I shared with them an idea that had been kind of rolling around in my head. I wasn't too sure it was a good one, but maybe we'd just call up all the other services and, and have one special service, a lot of patriotic music, and, and we'd uh, do a, a special job of recognizing those who have served our country. And they encouraged me, uh, Pastor Kaiser and Pastor Allsweet are over there. I, I saw them. They were part of that. Pastor Fitzgerald, I haven't seen him if he's here or not today. I don't know. But they said, let's go ahead and try it. We had no idea how it was going to work out. And then especially when we had to move to the church at the last minute, I thought, ah, what a way to start. The place was packed. We even had people sitting in the basement because they wanted to be part of that service. Well, if you were here in, in 2004, how many of you remember the title of the sermon then? <laughs> Nobody? Well, good. <laughs> I'm going to borrow some material from that sermon. I was uh, organizing my uh, sermon file several months ago, and I, and I ran across. I've got a big, thick folder with patriotic praise in there, so I was leafing through that. It was 2004. That's how I figured out that was the year uh, that we started. And, and I was uh, looking at that sermon, and I thought, oh, man. Wouldn't it be great to preach again at Patriotic Praise? And then Pastor Brad called me, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, or emailed, I guess, and, and said, eh, what do you think? Would you like to uh, preach? It didn't take me too long to say yes to that. 
So the title of the sermon then, the title of the sermon now is The Cost of Freedom. Because we know, as we've heard plenty of times, that, that freedom is never free. There's always a cost involved. And part of what we want to do in this service is to honor those who have borne that cost and, and paid that price for us. I began that inaugural patriotic praise sermon with a quote from a speech given by an Air Force Brigadier General by the name of Mark Welsh, and he was speaking to some cadets at the Air Force Academy. This was back in 1999, and he was, he was talking about his experience in Operation Desert Storm in the, in the Middle East, and told them about the night before they were going to fly their first mission, everybody in the wing was asked to write a letter to their loved ones, a letter that could be mailed in, in the event that they didn't make it back home. And as they reflected on that experience, he said this, now, if you have not had the pleasure of sitting down and thinking about your family the, the night before you think you might die, if you haven't tried to tell your children that you're sorry you won't be there to see their next ballet recital or watch them play Little League Baseball or high school football or graduate from college or, or meet their spouse or get to know your grandkids, or if you haven't had the pleasure of telling your parents and brothers and sisters what they mean to you, or tried to tell your wife how the sun rises and sets in her eyes, and tried to do it all on a piece of paper at midnight, 9,000 miles away from home, then you haven't lived. See, not everyone who goes into battle dies, but everyone who goes into battle must be prepared to die. That's part of the cost of freedom. The price that many have paid not just for their own freedom, but for ours as well. So we're here today to honor those who have paid that price. They are heroes to us. But it's fitting, isn't it, that before we honor them, we honor the greatest hero of all time. That's hero with a capital H, Jesus. He paid the highest price ever, to win for us the most precious freedom imaginable. The freedom not just to live without guilt, but get this, to die without fear. Did you catch that when Pastor, Red, uh, Pastor Brad was reading from the, from the book of Hebrews? I'm, I'm going to read that uh, one of those verses again. This is our text, and, and I'll just ask you to pay special attention. It's worded so wonderfully. Jesus shared in our humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death. And in case we couldn't figure out who that is, the writer of the Hebrews tells us that is the devil. And that Jesus could free those, listen to this, to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. 
Jesus had some things in common with those pilots that General Welsh was talking about. They, they both were prepared to sacrifice their lives for others. They both left a, a written record for their loved ones, those pilots and the letters that they wrote, and, and Jesus in the Bible. But there's one very huge difference between them. Those pilots thought they might die in battle. Jesus knew he was going to die in his battle with Satan. That was the cost of freedom to him. The price he was willing to pay so that we can be free from the fear of death. This, isn't that an amazing thought? What people fear most, Jesus faced head on. And in so doing, he destroyed death's ultimate power, fear. Our Lord's death has freed us from the slavery of fear of dying. In the Christian church, we have a symbol for this freedom. It's not the American flag, not the Statue of Liberty, something else indeed. It is the cross. The Statue of Liberty and the, and the flag and, and all of our nation's memorials and monuments, those are precious to us, rightly so. But those are exclusively American symbols. They do not compare to the simple yet powerful symbol of the cross. The cross transcends racial and cultural and political and national boundaries as it symbolizes the cost of freedom for all people, the cost that Jesus was willing to bear, the cost of Jesus leaving the glory of heaven for the degradation of crucifixion. But there's something else here. Hidden in this symbol is another one. The symbol of the empty tomb. That is what frees us from the fear of death. We know that since Jesus rose from the dead, so will we. So for the Christian, Independence Day is not just an annual celebration. It is a weekly one. Well, daily, of course, in a lot of ways. But I'm talking now about our celebrations together in our worship services. For us, each worship service is a joint, a corporate celebration of the spiritual freedom that we have in Christ because he paid the cost of our freedom. Now, the reason we worship on Sunday is because that's the first day of the week. It was on the first day of the week that Jesus rose from the dead. That's why the early church chose that as the day for the main celebration. That was their celebration of Independence Day, and it is ours as well. Now this year, 
the celebration of our political independence as a nation and our spiritual independence as Christians falls on the same day. So today we're, we're able to, to celebrate both, honoring all our heroes who bore the cost of freedom on our behalf, starting with Jesus, who, who fought for us and, and on be, our behalf, won that battle, won our spiritual freedom. But then we also celebrate our national heroes who, who have won for us and kept for us the political and personal freedoms that we still enjoy. A big part of celebrating is remembering. There's great value to remembering. For one thing, remembering gives honor to the past. As we remember the cost of freedom, the price that others have paid, and we vow that their sacrifice, your sacrifice, will not be forgotten. Remembering also gives meaning to the present. It helps us to understand what it, what it takes for a nation to remain free. It helps us to understand why we do certain things as a nation or, or as, as citizens of this great nation and also as individual Christians. So remembering, the past, uh, remembering gives honor to the past and, and meaning to the present. Perhaps most importantly, it gives hope to the future. As we remember what others have done, ordinary people like you and me, we realize that if they were able to act nobly and heroically, we could too, if necessary. We know also that since God always kept his promises in the past, we can count on him to continue to do so in the present and in the future. That, that might be especially comforting to us now at, at this stage in our nation's history. I don't think anybody would disagree with me if, if I say that we're not really at a high point in our history as a nation. We've experienced so many challenges these past couple of years on, on all kinds of of fronts, and, and there's there's a lot of concern these days, more than than I remember hearing expressed, maybe ever. A lot of concern these days about our our nation's future, legitimate concerns in my estimation. We wonder how long the United States can survive as a as a democracy, withstanding attacks from without and from within. I wish I could assure you that there's nothing to worry about there, that the United States is going to be just fine, that we'll bounce back uh, from, from these crises, even as, as we always have. I, I can't promise you that. I don't think of myself as, as being either a frightened alarmist or a clueless optimist. I'm certainly not anywhere close to being willing to give up the fight to hold on to the personal and political freedom for which our nation's forefathers and countless others since them have fought and died. But neither am I willing to place my hope for the future 
whether or not we win or lose that battle. Because I know that whatever happens here on earth, heaven is our true home. And the battle for that has already been fought and won. What hope that gives, what freedom that brings. And what does it cost us then? What is the cost of freedom to us? Well, nothing in one way. I have not served in the military. The freedom that I enjoy as a citizen of the United States is a gift given to me by others. In a similar way, none of us has died on a cross. Our freedom from the fear of death is a gift given to us by the Lord Jesus. He paid the price. We receive the benefits of full and free forgiveness and everything that comes with that as an amazing gift. Doesn't cost us anything. And yet in a very real sense, it does cost us something, doesn't it? In fact, it costs us everything. Nobody demands that of us except we, ourselves. We freely acknowledge the great debt that we owe and we fervently look for ways to repay it. This service is just one part of that. We owe everything. We owe God, first of all, a debt of love. We seek to make a payment on that debt daily with every decision we make every action we take. We agree with uh, what St. Peter says. He encourages us with these words. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Freely live as servants. That doesn't seem to work or to fit, does it? And, and yet it does perfectly. As we freely Give everything to the Lord in service to him. I know we don't do that perfectly, but, but in our better moments, that's exactly what we want to do. Because we know that we owe him a debt of love. We also know that we owe a debt of gratitude to those who have sacrificed for us. That's why we're here today. But more than a debt of gratitude, we also owe them a debt of honor. So today, let's honor them again by pledging ourselves to be worthy of their sacrifice and to live up to the high honor of being a citizen of this great nation, this one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> with liberty and justice for all. Sounds like, a, sounds like a great theme for a patriotic praise service. Maybe next year. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.